telling the people about Jesus as they passed by. And because he was all raggedy and dirty, people would just laugh and make fun of the old man and walk on by. And he said, because of the way I am, no money, no fancy clothes, fine homes and cars, a lot of people consider me as nothing and say I don't know what I'm talking about. But there's one thing that he said that really touched my heart and stayed on my mind. When that old man looked up and said, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. He said, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. And he said, I've had so many problems in my life. Good morning, everyone. God bless you. I thank God for you this morning. Welcome in the spirit of Christ. This is the day that the Lord have made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. I like the William brothers this morning. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody. And he is Jesus Christ, the son of of the most high God this is the day he's made we will rejoice and we will be glad in it it's good to see each of you this morning Levita Janet Samuel and Keita God bless you and Debbie I want to say that we are praying with you this morning Keita uh, we're praying with you greatly uh, because you are now in the state of Georgia um, with family and we're keeping the Jameson family in prayer um, as Keita is there with her family um, right now. Her cousin, LaShawn, is in ICU. This is her Aunt Janice's daughter. And uh, of, I, I know you guys don't know these names, but we're calling these names before God this morning. We're calling these names uh, because we believe that God is a healer. And most of all, we're asking God to give um, Fakita and Chris, as they are there with their family, the peace that only he can give. I have asked her to uh, place the focus and the attention um, not as much on uh, LaShawn's current physical condition, though it is your reality, but because of the spirit of Christ that we know exceeds what we see in our sensual perception, what we see and what we touch. God is greater than that, that you know her as being perfect in body, in health, and in strength as you give some comfort to your aunt and other family members. And we're praying with you. Fakita, you're not by yourself. Fakita Maxwell, you're not by yourself. But it's good to see all of you this morning. Chris, I'm glad to see you here as well. I'm glad to see many of you have logged in. And this is so important, as I said in my message this morning, I need you to be logged in so that I can see your presence. I just want to let you know right now, as I said, that I wanted to give some information concerning the state of the church and our future. I can see nothing but the power of God from this day forward concerning everyone that is here right now concerning this church, concerning this ministry, concerning 
our long-term relationship together, how God have forged us together as uh, family in, in the sense of our relationship genetically so, meaning blood relatives, as also family being the church, also family being those that have connected with one another through those that we have already known. Regardless to how we have come together, I want you to know that I see nothing but the positive, active power of God in our life from this day forward. Amen. Um, we are going to return into our regular services on Sundays, and we're, we will be doing this uh, throughout the holidays as we move forward. And I'm going to let you know. What I will tell you is this, is that the time that I have been away from having to go through the routineness of our tradition, I have absolutely, positively had an opportunity to be with God in a special way. I call it my wilderness episode where I have been able to consort with God, to ask him and to seek his face about what he wants done, not what I have come accustomed to doing or what others have done, but God, what do you want done? I want everyone to hear this, that I am a man of God that, is, that see more than just the idea of going through emotion or going through something just to say that we have religiously offered up to God something that we want him to have. I cannot go forward and, and listen to me clearly just saying, okay, we came in and we had an hour of service or an hour half service and feel good about the idea that we just did what we wanted to do. And we do that when we want to do it religiously so, and that's what religion is all about. It's about giving God what you think he deserves. <laughs> That's all religion is. And I cannot religiously become a man for people, man to people, but I am the man of God who, who would say the same thing that his son said, I have come to work the works of him that sent me, not the works of tradition, not the works of religion. There are people who are hurting, people who are suffering, there are people who need to know the way. And these people must be reached. They have to be reached. I place the obligation upon myself throughout the years of ministry as to get the word of God and the love of God, the expression of God's word to as many as I possibly can. Whenever I cannot do that to the fullness, I feel defeated. I want the word of God to get out. In other words, when I, when I fix something to eat, I love to feed everyone. I love for whoever's hungry to be able to partake in whatever I've prepared. I am the same way with the spiritual food. When the word of God goes forth, I want it to reach as many as possibly can because I know that it is the nurturing to an individual's soul. Having taken this time off, it has given me a chance to say that Nation's Harvest and this assignment 
is much more than just a handful of people who puts a sign out on a building and say that we are just a church. I have had an opportunity to meet people on a daily basis by great numbers that will never put foot in this church. But I've been able to do it with the mind that I'm ministering, that I'm in, quote, unquote, a pulpit. I'm presenting the word of God, but it is not in what has been usual, like this building, this church, this address, 495 Highway 67 South. People, I, I'll say this again, people that will never step foot in this church. But I've been able to get to them. I've met them right where they are living, and I will continue. My concern also is for the generation of people such as my sons and my daughters biologically that will not continue to worship as we have in our tradition. And I want you to be real about yourself. You can tell your sons and your daughters all day, you're going to have to get it like I did. You need to go to church. They're not going to do it. So what are you going to do? Are you just going to say that their souls are going to be lost because they don't go to Sunday school the way that you did, Sunday morning service the way that you did, Wednesday night prayer meeting and Bible study? What are you going to say? What about the sons that love God as you love God but they're not going to the church house. They're not going to that building that you call the church. We have to feel the obligation to ourselves to say, God, what should we do? What do we do about the generation that's coming? What do I do about my sons that have a relationship with God, but the way that they're relating with him and the power of God in their life is not the way that it was with me. So I just want to say this as I speak of the state of this church. I want you to be prepared to know that I'm going to go to the far reaches to do all that I can to serve as God wants me to serve. He has made me physically able. Some people uh, or some of you, not people, but some of you a couple of Sundays ago in my using an analogy thought that I said that I had cancer. Far be it from me that I have cancer. I do not. I do not, I repeat again, I do not have uh, cancer. No, that was only an analogy that I was using. If, and I use it as being possibly the worst. But anyway, I'm healthy. I'm feeling energetic. Yes, the, the aches and the pains of this being this age, it comes. But I'm so much bigger than that. And I feel so much more energetic than the idea to give in to uh, these feelings. There'll be a time that it's probably going to be, maybe I'll get slower. But right now, today, I'm just as energetic. I thank God for his health and his strength. I can claim wealth because I also have the physical ability to experience the wonderful things that God has given in every aspect of my life. So that's a wonderful thing. Amen. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say that and just get be prepared. What have I said in short? Be prepared for us to come back together in the assembly, but it's going to be on something that you may not have known traditionally like every Sunday. You may see me twice a Sunday. You're going to see me in Anniston, Alabama, 
I'm going to be returning back to Anniston, Alabama, and I'm going to be there. Am I going to be there every week? No, I won't be in Anniston every week, but I will be in Anniston every week. I'm, I will be in Anniston physically there, amen, not just on the air or on the broadcast, because that is a part of the way that Nation's Harvest has been set, in that we were one church in two locations. So I'm, I will be in Anniston, yes, every week, no. Indicator every week, no, but I'm going to be here. There is also going to be the generation that's coming that they will have their physical worship here as well. That's with Kenyon and Eric Birdsong, and you have known them in the past as free, as they are going to be having their worship experience. So you're going to have an opportunity to hear from young men of God, older men of God, and it's going to be where we can reach out and not just close ourselves in, get in here and shut up the blessed of God with uh, now that we have a little money and a, and a nice car and a house and just shut everybody else out. That's not going to happen. Amen. So let me go on with today's message. It's going to be concise and brief, and uh, I'm going to move forward with it. And, uh, and, 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 and you're going to be blessed. You're going to be the blessed of God when you leave here today. Let's have a word of prayer. God, I thank you today for what you're doing. I thank you for the people that I'm seeing. I thank you for their presence here today. I thank you, God, for uh, Taffany. I thank you for, uh, for April. Thank you for Chris and LaVita and Janet. I thank you for Samuel. Um, God, I thank you for myself. I thank you for Keita and for Debbie. I thank you for Cassie. And, Lord, I thank you for um, uh, Lois and Bill and uh, Teresa and uh, God. I, I just I thank you for everybody. I thank you for us all. And I thank you that we're here together. And this now we ask that you give us a word from heaven that blesses us and keep us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I talked with Jock this morning. Jock is one of the men of the church, and I, I called Jock to let him know that um, I miss him, and I'm looking forward to being with him more. Uh, Eddie, these are men, and uh, let them know. And I'm going to be asking you as well, as we get ready to Move forward. Let me tell you what I want you to obligate yourself to, and I hope that everybody is here now. I hope that nobody is blocked out. Everybody, no, everybody's online right now. If you have enjoyed your break from not supporting this ministry, that break is over. I want every one of you, whether you're here locally or whether you are in a distant city, support this ministry financially. That's, that's a must. That's a must. Don't just pray for this church and don't give any money to it. Don't just pray for this man of God and don't give money to support the things that has to be done. When you receive that message this morning, that's called phone vite. In order for me to do that, that has to be paid every month. Not just every now and then, but every month. In order to be able to not have to call each individual but to communicate that this transmission you're getting though sometimes it's unstable it cost and what i want you to do is not worry about oh is this going to be enough i want you to simply support it 
the difference between your utility bill, your car note, and your mortgage in this ministry is all you have to be is a cheerful giver. Did you catch what I said the difference was? I'm going to say it a little while in case you got bumped off and you came back. You got knocked off the air and you come back. It doesn't require that you have a certain amount, but it requires you to be a cheerful giver. If you're a tither, you be a tither. And we have tithers that have never stopped. We've not been in this building. They've never given any second thought. And their tithe is substantial. And they've continued to tithe. God blesses based on that. Now, what I want you to do is you get your blessing from your giving to and obligate yourself to something. Don't not do anything. Amen. There is no way that I can tell you that you're going to be the recipient of the blessings of being a giver when you're not giving. That's clear. How can you be a recipient of the gift, the, the blessings that come from giving when you're not giving? And there is the blessing that comes with being a giver. The reason I'm saying this is not because we're in a financial crunch. Obviously not with the multiple streams that God have given me as a man of God to have income from Secure Agent Solutions to Don's Mercantile to Challenger Daycare to just the love that people have that just pour into me that I'm going to need you to do something because we're in a crunch. No, I need you to open up that window of opportunity for God to bless you. That's what I need you to do. I want you to do that. Since this has happened, we have moved from being an hourly employee to salary employee. We have moved from having a job to having careers. You are now managers. You are owners. You have moved up. You have received certifications. You have received degrees. How did that happen? Throughout you're working towards where God have taken you to. You have been encouraged by the word of God. You've been strengthened by the prayers. Now, don't you get there with such a success in your finance and you don't look back and say that I'm going to sow in and I'm going to put into this place so that I can be blessed with what comes from, being, from giving. Everybody. It doesn't make any difference near or far. Find a way. Cash app it mail it. It doesn't matter how you do it, but do it. And don't say you don't have it to give. Amen. I am where I am because I have given my way into the great financial successes that only heaven can give. I have given my way into the financial successes by not charging and taxing people, but just waiting for God to bless me. Then when you are faithful over what God gives you, he causes you to have abundance. And I want you to get to that place. I want you to have what you need as you grow older, have things that you need in place. It's not always money. So now that I've done that, we can get into this message in John chapter 2 because I'm already in the message. Here is what happens in John chapter 2, and I pray that you're here. In John chapter 2, you know it as the water turned to wine. And I'm going to read it to you, and I'm going to be reading from the Message Bible, beginning at verse number one. Three days later, something has happened prior to this because it opens with three days later. Three days later, 
after the last recording, it says that there was a wedding in the village of Canaan in Galilee. There is a wedding in the village of Canaan in Galilee. There is a wedding in Canaan. At that wedding, Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were also there, and they all were guests at the wedding in Canaan. Now, the next statement is, at the wedding, they started running low in wine. At the wedding, wine being a staple and an important item at a wedding has began now to run low. When Jesus' mother noticed the problem, when Jesus' mother became aware of the problem, problem being the wine is running out. It's not out, but it's about to run out. She went to Jesus and told him, and this is quoted from the Message Bible, they're just about out of wine. My question right here as I take a pause before I read, what are you about out of? What's the problem? What issue are you having? What are you addressing as a problem? So many ways that I could communicate this, but I need you to build this scenario for yourself. What do you need right now? And the reason that you know you need it is because you're conscious of it. Do you need to stop hurting? Do you need more of something that is required? Are you lonely? What is the problem? What is the issue? What have you noticed right now that is taking up thinking capacity, meaning that it's the only thing on your mind? What is it that is keeping you awake? What is it that will not let you sleep? What is it that causes you to lose focus on everything else because it is consuming the total of of, of, your, of your cognitive presence. What is it? In this case, for Jesus' mother, it is that they are almost out of wine. She goes to Jesus to take the problem to him. Here is Jesus' response, verse number four. Is that any of our business? We're only guests. I don't know the fullness of why he said, is this my business? And yours may be reading different. But this says, is this any of our business? Mother, is it my business? Is it any of your business? Is this any of our business? And then he goes on, and it's a period there. He said, this isn't my time. Now, there's a couple of ways that you can see this. He could be saying that there are some things that I could do concerning this, but I'm not going to do it right now. Or this is not my time, meaning that 
this absolutely has nothing to do with me. This is not a situation that I'm given to. And then he says, don't push me. Now, this is very good communication between Jesus, the son of God, and his biological mother, Mary. Good communication. I love the communication. She has a problem. One, this is her son. That's a good person to go to, mother, is your son, especially when you have trained him up in the way that he should grow. Why should you have to go somewhere else when you've raised up a son? That's a good place to go. And you're not seeing him only as your biological son, but you're seeing him as one who has a relationship with God. I hope that you're doing more than hearing me. I hope you're feeling me. I hope that you are now permitting what I'm saying to you through these words to saturate the very, the, the very fiber of, you, of, of, your, of your existence. This woman goes to her son, who she's trained up, know that she's trained him, and now she's going to draw on what she has invested in. Here's another thing that she's doing. She's making what others need her concern. Now, it sounds as though she's communicating it as a problem, but maybe she's just generally concerned. They're about to run out of wine. Being the mother that she is, as my mother was, as my mother-in-law is, there are persons that are given to hospitality. And when they're given to hospitality, even if they're a guest at someone else's house, they want to make sure that the host or the hostess or the person that's giving this, that they are of some aid and assistance to them in presenting things to other people. They didn't just come to eat. They came to serve. Mary is in a place of service, and she's making the need for wine her opportunity to help someone else. I hope you're getting me now. Jesus says, it's okay that you're concerned. You've come to me. That's a good thing, but don't push me. Now, the next verse says, she's noticed the issue. It is obviously a concern, and I'm going to call it a problem. She goes to Jesus Jesus responds. I don't know if it's the response that she wanted, but it's the response that she received. She accepted what he said. She didn't feel rejected. No. She didn't feel as though she was slighted. No. She didn't feel as though she was waved on or ignored. No. How do I know? Even though the communication in the way that I'm reading it may sound like Jesus was a little short, but he was precise and he was accurate with his communication to his mother. How do you know by what I read next? After he told her, don't push me. Is this any concern of ours? I noticed what the mother did following that. She went ahead anyway. I'm reading from the Message Bible. I hope you're getting this. She went ahead anyway. Anyway. She went ahead anyway. 
Where does she go? Ahead. How does she go? Anyway. Meaning that she moved with confidence. She moved with assuredness. She moved with precision. She did not. There was, there was no doubt in what she did next that she was about to address this situation and she was about to resolve the issue at hand. She walked away from Jesus with a solution. Mary walked away from Jesus with a solution. She went ahead anyway. Now, I just ask you a few minutes as I open what is your problem? What is your issue? What is my instruction for you, with, for you right now? If you can address the problem, then I want you to take from me the solution. Walk away anyway. Walk away as it is done. If it's pain, it's being reduced. If it's being lonely, it's being resolved. Whatever the problem is, whatever the concern is, whatever the issue is, do what mothers, what Jesus' mother did. She walked away saying, problem solved. Problem solved. Let me look and see who's in here. How many people can I right now get to tech, get to put in problem solved? Problem solved. The problem is solved. I'm walking away saying problem is solved. It's solved. What is the problem? Doesn't matter. It's solved. How many right now, one, is willing to approach in the spirit Jesus Christ with an issue, with a need, with a concern? It doesn't matter what it is. Go to him with it. It doesn't take forever. You don't have to stay on your knees all night. You don't have to wait until tonight to pray. You don't have to wait until Sunday to go to church. You, have, you don't have to wait until you can get to Pastor Hurt to call him, to tell him what the issue is. To Fakita, who texted me this morning before service, you texted me because you knew that all I needed to do was touch and agree with someone to know that through this situation, the problem is already solved. We have an issue. It's done. I can go to Jesus right now for whatever, and if there is a problem, it is solved. Whatever the need is, it is met. Jesus' mother walked away, problem solved. She went ahead anyway she did not stagnate she did not stand still she did not get lost in melancholy she did not retort inside herself become an introvert and shut down she didn't get her old tore up bathrobe and old slides and sit down and start eating on some eating binge she did none of the sort she went ahead anyway she moved forward she went on, problem solved. It's done. It's done. Now, she went ahead anyway, telling the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. She takes action. Now, I want everybody else to get involved in what's 
about to happen. I want everyone to be blessed about by what God is about to do. He's about to do it for me. He's about to do it for this wedding. He's about to do it for you. And if you want to take part in what, what the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and the power that he exercises among true believers, then you ought to get involved. You ought to get involved in this message, get involved in this ministry, get involved in what is about to happen because it's about to happen. The problem is solved. It's over. Let's go ahead. Let's move ahead. Let's go forward. Let's move ahead in this. What if every day can be better than the one before? What if every day can be better than the one before no matter what? What if tomorrow can be better than today no matter what the diagnosis that is regardless to what diagnosis has been given? What if tomorrow can be better than today regardless of what your current condition is right now? What if tomorrow could be better than today? If someone walks past me and they're looking with their head down at their phone. And they don't acknowledge me. And I'm already in a bad mood. And somebody that I know just passed by with their head down in their phone. And they're looking down in their phone. But I'm already in a bad mood. I'm in a bad mood because of what happened Yesterday, I'm in a bad mood because of what happened last week. I'm already in a bad mood because when I got up this morning, my car didn't start. I'm already in a bad mood because I have some debt that's due. Then you know what I'm going to do when that person passes me looking down at their phone? I'm going to interpret that that individual is ignoring me. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I... I I've, I've sat in enough classrooms and I've spent enough time, I think, in my very brief studies to know that this, by majority and greater percentage, is what most of us would do. Me, you, and all of us. Now, we are projecting our bad mood on everyone around us. They're looking at their phone. And you feel like this person is upset with you because they didn't look up from their phone. You feel like they're being rude. And now you're going to be more hurt and you're more irritable because you already had a problem. And this person passed looking down at their phone, at their phone and they didn't speak to you. Now, let's take this to be another day. And that same, and you're in a fabulous mood. I don't know. You didn't hit the lottery, but I don't know. The check came in the mail. I don't know what makes you feel excited. I don't know. But anyway, it's a different day. And you walk past this person, and they have their head in their phone. Nothing different for them, but things are different for you. You're in a better mood. You're in a better place. 
you're feeling more energetic. You're feeling more positive. And that person passes you and they're looking down in their phone. And they didn't acknowledge you. But you're not stressed out. And you know what you say? Oh, well. And you go on with your morning. You don't even pay it any attention. Or you see that person and they're looking down in their phone. And you touch them and say, you better look up or you're going to run into something. And you laugh. You make small of it. Now, here is what you have is you have the same situation in the idea that that person was doing the same thing. But you have a different interpretation and subsequently you have a different, act, a different uh, reaction. Nothing changed about your coworker. Their behavior is the same. The scenario is the same with them. The only difference is your perception of interpretation. The way that you perceived what's happening. The first time it was a problem. The second time, it was no problem. It's all how you filter things through the lens of what you're looking for and what you have already set up in yourself. Listen to me. It's humbling. I'm almost finished with you, but I'm going to work you hard before I let you go. It's humbling when we begin to see how much we are the source of our own misery. I'm going to say that one more time. I got to go and see who's listening to me. It's humbling when I, Don, see how much I am the source of my own misery. It breaks me down before God. It causes me to just, to, to just become conscious of my, my, I'm convicted because I'm humbled when I see how much, not other people, but I, my own self, am the source of my men doing to me. Itself. I'm preaching now. See if you can wrap your mind around the concept of the importance of being present with what is happening and with who's writing in front of you. See if you can wrap your mind around the idea that it is important to get into the moment of what is happening and with who is right in front of you. When you can wrap your mind around the idea that where your focus is needed is on what is right in front of you and not what happened in your past that have already caused you to be a negative person. You're bringing old wine into a new flask. You're bringing the hurt of yesterday into a brand new day where God wants to do something miraculous, but the reason the miracle can't happen is because your perception is not on the moment. All that you can perceive is what happened to you before. It's the hurt from the past. It's the disappointment from the past. It's the things that you have not let go that didn't work out that is now usurping authority, taking control over what God wants to do right now that is miraculous, supernatural, powerful. It is above and beyond anything that you could imagine. 
it's humbling when we begin to see how much we are the source of our own misery because we just simply can't let old stuff go. We can't see the power of God right now because we are too wrapped up in what happened yesterday. When your thoughts run the show, you are not in charge. Preach, Don. When my thoughts are in, when they're running the show, when my thoughts of, oh, you hurt me, when my thoughts of, oh, you did this to me, and then if I really think about it, based on the little example that, I just, that I've just given, if I really go back and dig up the details of what I'm so sour about, it probably wasn't you in the first place. It was the idea that I was already wrapped up in my own misery anyway. Now, I have it all wrapped up, tied up in some mummy of just a bad, sour me. And I can't get into the moment of what God is doing right now. Why? Because my thoughts. You remember I told you about overthinking? You're overthinking when you permit your thoughts to start dictating. And they are overrunning. They are so much in charge. If we are not conscious of, if we're not conscious of now, our thoughts are going to be in charge. The, the perspective is just default. Just automatically, when someone does something around us, we just automatically just, it's the default thing. You're trying to hurt me. It's default. You're trying to stop me. It's default. You just don't want me to be blessed. People around you are not even paying you any attention. But, oh, they don't want me to come up. They don't want me to succeed. They don't want me to have. Our voices that's in our heads are aligned with the perspective that we can't win anyway. That's why you're forever losing. That's why you've never seen the reward. You've never seen the trophy of victory. It's because you're already defeated. The voices that we are hearing in our head are already aligned with I'm defeated before I even get started. You have grooves that have been set in your mind. Default behavior of being stressed out. And that's what's in charge. The result is, is that we get the outcome that we expect, which is not the outcome that we want. We already expect, I ain't going to win anyway. So why should I even play? I'm not going to be victorious anyway, so, so why should I even try? I need you to find a place inside yourself. I'm almost finished with you. I want you to find a place inside yourself right now where there's joy, and the joy is going to burn out the pain. I want you to find a place in yourself right now where you say that I have joy, I have unspeakable joy, and that joy is going to start burning so hot that it burns out the pain. I am God. God says that I'm going to be the head and I'm not the tail. So right now, I know that I am just as Jesus' mother. I am victorious over this situation. Did I say it's not a bad situation? No, it's a bad situation. But the problem is I see the source that is before me, which is Jesus Christ, and if he is in it, then I am more than a conqueror. Yes, 
we're almost out of wine. Yes, I want everybody to be happy. Yes, I want everybody to be blessed. But if that's what I want, then I've got, I must let the disappointment of the past, I've got to let that go, and I've got to embrace the moment right now that Jesus, together, you and I, we can, we can do, we can, we can do, I can do all things in this moment right now through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I want you to see, and this is what I'm preaching to you if you haven't gotten it yet, that miracles can happen not only every day, but miracles can happen all day. What did you say, Don? I said miracles not only can happen every day, but they can happen all day. I have days filled with miracles. Now, I gave you the example a few minutes ago of passing someone and they're looking down at their phone and the problem wasn't them, the problem was you. I want to go back to Friday in my life. That would have been maybe about the third of, uh, of this month. And I'm getting ready for the biggest day at Don's Mercantile than there has ever been before is because right now they're ha about to have a celebration downtown that's going to have now some over 2,000, 2,500 people, and I'm getting ready for this big day. Things are about to happen for me like they've never happened since the day that I opened this business. At the moment that I'm getting ready for Dia de, Dia de los Marentos, the Day of the Dead, which is the day of celebration for the Mexican community, these people are about to come out. I'm about to be blessed because they're about to come into my establishment. I'm about to be happy because I'm going to see smiling faces. What happens? I look and I see that the lights of one of the freezers that houses over three or $4,000 worth of merchandise, meats and foods, is not working. Right in the moment of me getting ready, to swing the doors open to celebrate. The, elect, the power is out. Not the wine people, but the power. Oh, Lord, the electricity that runs the freezer is out. Not only is this a dilemma, but this is a problem because I'm about to lose merchandise. I'm about to lose an investment. I'm about to lose, and it has gone out. It has gone out. The witness is in the room. Cassie is here. She was there. And she had to be there so that she could witness that it went out. It wasn't going out. It was out. It wasn't like the wine. It wasn't almost out. It was out. And I mean, it was going down fast. Ice was melting. Foods were getting soft. Ice cream, it's already done. It went away quickly. It's lost already. I found strength out of nowhere. I was like Samson. I was pulling a freezer that weighs over 1,000 pounds. I pulled it out. When I got back to see if the, if the plug was plugged in the 220, not a 110, but a 220, and you all know that's, that's a whole lot of juice. When I unplugged it, black smoke went everywhere. The odor, the smell. Cassie's trying to get to me. A guy is standing there, and he's trying to push her back because she doesn't, he doesn't want her hurt. She don't want me hurt. Oh, what a dilemma. We got now, not only is, is, the, is, the, is the electricity out, but the odor is foul. And I pride myself on a beautiful, good-smelling store. The odor is gone. The aroma is failure. 
and everything now is going lousy. I didn't think about what I did to deserve this. All I thought about is I'm going to get this fixed quick so I can go on to the victory. I saw the finish line. I didn't worry about the race. I saw the end where I saw uplifted hands. I didn't deal with the stumbling. I wasn't worried about the tiredness. I wasn't worried about the fatigue. I didn't worry about the cost of the freezer. I didn't worry about the cost of the product. All I needed to do was to get it out and get and do whatever so that I could go on to victory. In the middle of the race, I already had my hands up. I'm a winner. In the middle of the race, I already had my hands up. I'm more than a conqueror. In the middle of the race, when we activate like Jesus' mother did, you will cause people around you to get in activation with you. If you want positive people around you, be a positive person yourself. At that moment, Andrew, which is a salesperson, one of the salesmen happened to be coming in. He walked out of the door. The next thing I know, I have a witness in the room. People start coming from businesses around me with carts to get all of my product, to take it to their freezers in their stores. Cassie went ahead and started checking people out. I went over and took the mop and start getting the water up. Now the freezer's empty. The people are coming in. Oh, what a day I had. The best day, just as I had prepared for. But how do we do it? We go on and we do what Jesus said do. Jesus said, if the wine is out, go get some water. Oh, my God. I don't have to change water from, to wine. All I have to do is change your perspective of what is happening. When you trust what God did, you can drink water, but it tastes like wine. Preach, Don Hurth. When you trust God for who he is, he can make the bitterness of every day be sweeter than any grape that comes from any vine. God can take the, what was supposed to be a raisin and turn it into a vintage. I know what I'm talking about. If we simply change our perspective, overthinking the negative things that bad things always happen to me, get in the moment of what's in front of you and who's in front of you. Instead of thinking that it's your enemy, embrace it. Make it your friend because of the positive person you are and your relationship with God. I don't have to go to Jesus. He stays with me. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I am his own. I don't have to get on my knees to holler out at Jesus. I can give Jesus a holler right now. I can walk and I can step. If my steps are ordered by God, then that means that my ear is hearing him not every now and then, but all day, every day. Did not I say a miracle is waiting to happen right now? If I didn't, I say it. Did I tell you to touch your neighbor yet? If I didn't, touch him. If you got a neighbor, touch him. Give them high five and let them know right now that miracles can happen in every moment in your life. When you exercise the ability to let go, and that's what God gave you, did you just say, man, that the water never changed? 
it's miraculous. It's it's it never changed. It's in its molecule. It doesn't have to. Not when my perspective is changed. The molecular structure of water, which is hydrogen in two parts oxygen, the molecular structure doesn't have to change when my perception changes. When the perception of Jesus' mothers change, the perception of the disciples change. They did what Jesus said do. When their perception changed, the perception of the person who was hosting the wedding changed. Because when he tasted the wine, he says, mm, usually, you say you serve the best wine first, but you have served, saved the best for last. That's because the positive force of Mary, the positive force of the, of the disciples, the disciples wasn't even aware of the problem like Jesus' mother was. Those are dudes. Those are men. Why I'm running out ain't my problem. Jesus' mother is a hostess. Man, that concerned her. She was deep into it. Nobody knows a problem like a mother knows a problem. They know stuff that we ain't even heard of. God be telling them things that we, that we can't hear. That's just the way of a mother. They pray about stuff that ain't even happened. They just have a knack of doing that because that's what mothers does. That's what mothers do. They see problems like nobody else. But this mother knew how, number one, to go to my investment. Mother, go to your investment. Go to the, the nights that you stayed up <laughs> and couldn't sleep. Call on it. Cash in on that investment. Trust God for it. And don't let the defeats of the past start dictating the miracle of the present. Say what God is about to do. And I want you to be so confident in that. You can start some stuff right here. Be so confident in knowing that you are victorious that you tell everybody else what to do. Tell them, go fill the water pots. Go, no, go do what he said do. She didn't tell them what to do. She said, do what he said do. Do what he tells you to do. When you use that positive energy, everybody will line up. Everyone will line up. They fill the water pots. And we say Jesus turned water to wine. Mm. Now, I'm just, I'm reaching into the air here because I want to be funny before I go off. They tell me that when you've been drinking and you, you drank all night. Now, somebody can hit me up later and tell me if this is true or not. Then when you get up the next morning, that first drink, be it coffee or water, whatever it is, it take you right back to where you were. It's that first drink. So now the question is, did you just drink some coffee or did you just drink some water or did you just re-drink some, some liquor from the night before? Because you just got a burst. I think that at this point, everybody that was at that wedding just wanted to celebrate. And it really didn't matter about the physics of water or wine. All it had to do with is that we're here to celebrate. I want you to go ahead and celebrate today. Fakita, 
we lifting you up, baby, because today you need a little extra energy because you're there with 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 a cousin that is in in a terminal way. But we lifting you up. And can we celebrate while we lift you up? Is because you're going to come through. And as we lift you up, I want you to encourage someone else. We can work through this. The will of God be done. It's not some time that we make small of problems, but it's all our perspective. It's our trust and our confidence in God. Stay strong. Stay positive. Nation's Harvest, you ain't seen nothing yet. You haven't seen anything yet. What the enemy meant for bad, God meant it for good. I'm going to see y'all next Sunday. And guess what? I'm going to always be that somebody that's just trying to tell everybody about somebody that can change anybody. God bless y'all. I'll see y'all next Sunday. And he said, on the streets day and night, that's my life, that's my home. Ain't got nowhere else I can go. So I just walk the streets telling the people about Jesus. From corner to corner, from door to door. But they all make fun of me and say, I'm a nobody. Trying to tell everybody about somebody who can say.
Elevate your autumn decorating with 50 